Welcome to Everything In Between, the podcast where a dad and daughter duo delve deep into topics ranging from true crime to paranormal occurrences to urban legends and, well, everything in between. I'm Emma. I'm the dad. That's Anish. Um, And we have had a pretty eventful few days. We've transferred from one season, well, season, to another. (laughs) Isn't... Doesn't winter officially start like December twenty first? Isn't that the winter solstice? Yes. So, but we've transferred from like warm colors season to white and blue season, from yeah. fall season to cold winter cocoa season. Okay, whatever. It is Christmas season now. It is holiday season, as opposed to Thanksgiving season. Okay. That's whatever. the seasonal shift that we've. Okay. Had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just make up stuff now. It's true. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. It's just a thing. All right. Whatever. Um, so Thanksgiving just happened. Yay! Hopefully you guys didn't get stuck in traffic on your way to and from wherever you're going. But hopefully you also had the sweet, sweet tunes of our soundtrack in between playing <laughs> as you did so. Or even this podcast, you know? Mix it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there, there may have been more accidents on the road as people fall, fell asleep. Hey! <laughs> You don't have any confidence in us as a inventful and wonderful and non-boring podcast? Um, mm. Well, we were lucky because we basically, we came back on Saturday. We went down to Jersey and it was fun. We got to uh, hang with basically my side of the family. So got to see my brothers, get to your cousins. Yes. Um, you got your sweet carrots yes thank you, get, you megan for yes. those amazing carrots uh, and also i'm still thinking about them well we should also pass on that that um, your uncle bob and megan their friends scott <laughs> and jim jim makes the most incredible pies in the world and they usually are you know because they usually host uncle bob and megan host thanksgiving a bunch of times and they come over there but they couldn't they went i think they they had actually much better plants on uncle bob <laughs> but scott and jim but jim still baked a chocolate pie thank you Thank you so much. It was so good. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, no, our, our our traveling wasn't bad, so I was happy about that. Yeah. No, it was good. And then you forgot the carrots in New Jersey. I did, which, well, it wasn't so my fault. I'm I was packing everything this. else. Yeah, yeah. It was very sad. And I'm going to need to now know that recipe for those carrots because they make me so happy. Um... What else? What else? What oh, we else? watched a lot. We did. We watched. I feel like every week we're like, yeah, we watched a lot. Well, I think that is too. Like, I mean, I think to keep sanity, I mean, maybe everybody else's families are just, you know. Talking to each other. And happy and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just enjoy being with themselves 24-7. Yeah, um, where, not this family. Yeah, no, where, where I think we're like, hey, what's on? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's start with The Mandalorian. Episode oh, yes. four just came out. That was that was a good one, and that was Bryce Dallas Howard who that directed yes, that one. Yes, she did. It was good. Yes, I liked it. Um, and then again, the memes are coming. <laughs> they are. This was this might be my favorite yeah. meme though. He made his own meme. My father made his own meme of the Mandalorian and sent it to our family group chat. I, and it was about me. I, I, 
I, I just keep in the family. Again, what happens in the family stays in the family. I'm not going to send it out to everyone else. I mean, if you want to DM me, I will ha- I'm no, happy no, to send no, it no, to no, you. No, just no, you no, could no, just, no, you know, no. find me on Insta. I can DM it to you. What the? No. <laughs> I'm taking you out of our podcast bio. Um, but the, uh, uh, I was going to say, the, um, it's, it's a, it has to do with uh, tea in a, in a way. Sipping of tea or soup. Actually, soup, I guess, is really what it was. But anyway, um, again, I feel like we still can't spoil anything for The Mandalorian. So we won't. I mean, it's obvious everybody for everybody knows, else that knows, but, but I just feel not. like we won't. We have yeah, morals. exactly. That's right. That's right. But yeah, it just makes you feel happy. I feel like if you're sad, you just have to. I mean, somebody's just got to cut all those scenes, yes. and that's it. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure people have. I think you're right. I think that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you had said you want to talk about Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, so I am hooked. <laughs> it is brilliant, and it's yes. just. I, I you mean, laugh I, out loud and you barely ever do that. Maybe I just relate to it. Oh my god. That's not good. <laughs> That's like the opposite of good. That's you do. <laughs> I just think sometimes I'm like, hey, that's what I'm thinking in my head. What? <laughs> Oh my god. I'm a big fan of Rick. I don't know what else to tell you. But um but yeah, no, that that's it is I we're just powering through and uh it was good to catch up on it during uh, Thanksgiving. I mean, we had to hide it because we had um, younger, around, younger folks. I mean, really only it. one. I mean, we had the one nine-year-old that we yeah. had to make sure, which, you know, I get, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then let's move on to what we watched two nights ago. When did we watch? I think it was two nights ago. When we came back? Yeah. When we were here. Yes, we were here. We Matt. watched Blinded by the Light. Yes, yes. Which, for those, I, I, I'm a huge Springsteen fan. I'm, I mean, I'm from yes. Jersey, but yes. um, Springsteen, top of the top. But um, this this movie is based on a true story of this um, Pakistani man in London who kind of just found his voice during, I mean, during the Thatcher years. Of Ra- well, Thatcher years for them, Reagan years for the U.S. But uh, you know, neo fascism hmm, was alive and striving. Who would have thought that could have happened in the past and now again? But um, neo, neo so it basically, it's how he f- he finds the boss and just the boss speaks to him through his songs. And I mean, we were psyched to see the movie. It's the per- it's the the woman who wrote and directed it um, did Bend It Like Beckham, which was I thought was a good movie. Um, but this was kind of like two different movies and i know you were just biting your lip because you're like i don't want to say anything that i don't like it i don't want to say anything that i don't want to offend yeah. it and and then you I, and i'm glad you did because she, at one point i was like okay i just is is this good <laughs> <laughs> and it's true it it's it wasn't it was um i like it was cheesy the, it i guess was. hokey um it was a little i mean but it was like two movies was pretty yeah, good. it was it was really almost as if it was made over a long period of time, and they did the first half, and then they finished yeah. it. But, I mean, Springsteen gave his thumbs up, which is amazing, because yeah. his soundtrack is throughout the movie. It's just, like, a little bit cringy. It is. Well, like, it's, when they sing along to the lyrics in the movie. But it's not... I, I mean, I don't mind that part. I just... It just I wasn't like it. acted... It was acted poorly. Like, it, I didn't... Yeah, I, I think well. it wouldn't have been cringeworthy if it was done... I don't know. I thought it was right. weird that they started, like singing in random public places i know because it, it but i think it was that's what i think was the p- weird part is that were they trying to be a musical or are they trying to be a movie yeah, and it i felt think like really 
jarring like it was Forced. jumping into an yeah yeah it and, it, and, it, and i mean i get what they were trying to do but it would have been better if it was in his mind right yeah versus yeah. Like, imagining it versus that would it have been actually happening a lot better um and the acting wasn't good like i mean and it, sorry it, well it, but in that first half i think then then there's a point where it shifts and it's a good it's it's, it's a good movie yeah um but you know recommend i would say wait to rent it don't pay any kind of money for it you know that kind of thing i mean not rent it sorry wait till it gets on netflix or some type of free streaming versus you know we rented it off of um itunes yeah but um, but yeah i mean again but I actually feel like all of them like there have been a lot of movies made this year about music like there was bohemian rhapsody there was Rocket but i think Man. that always happens i read i was reading that william goldman book where they he says that you know this was back in the day but he goes you know most people, when they're in production or if these things are being passed around, once anybody gets a sniff that that's hot at that early, early stage, just when the synopsis... Other people start. Then everybody's like, oh, well, let's do one about these. So then that's why they all come uh. out around the same time versus, oh, is that a coincidence? It was just basically when well, yesterday... I was, was going to say that all the films are sort of similar in that they're not the best of the best. Well, yesterday and Blind by the Light are so similar because, I mean, it, they revolve around a, you know... Indian, <laughs> and it's kind of weird, but I thought yesterday was better than yeah. Blinded by the Light. Except for Ed Sheeran. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that goes without saying. Uh, I do want to say one more thing about Thanksgiving oh. that I forgot. Hot Dog Johnny's. <gasps> oh, how did we forget about that? So this is completely, while we were in Jersey, this is a place when I was growing up, we would always go, the best hot dogs, you know, I know everybody has their best favorite hot dog place, but... I have this place called Hot Dog Johnny's. Maybe we'll post the picture of when we went there. Absolutely. But um but if when I used Christian's permission. But a buddy of mine had a, a house in the Poconos, like a lake house and on Lake Wallapalpac, and we would always go to that to their to that house. And on the way, we would pass Hot Dog Johnny's. And <laughs> it's in a town called Oh, Buttsville. <laughs> Buttsville, New Jersey. And um you I mean, we would get there early in the morning because we'd be on our way. So 8.30-ish, we'd go in and we would order, I would order hot dog with the works or hot dog with everything, but you'd get anywhere between three to six for yourself. <laughs> um, you'd get fries, you'd get a shake, which were the greatest shakes. Um, it was I, it was a really good and shake then they have I had. birch beer on tap. If you like birch beer, but birch beer on tap, actually pretty much anything on tap will taste better than you think. <laughs> um, but so we've... And, this I've been talking about this for I know all of your life and your brothers, but as with your mom, as children we had little hot dog Johnny yeah, infant shirts, exactly. didn't we? But your mom, um, I mean, we I just talked about her. And I've known your mom for like, what twenty two years or something, and we've never gone because it was just one of those things like, well, should we go? Should we not? But you know, we're like, all right, let's just get out of the house because it, you know we've all been together for so long, and we were just taking the dog out. We're like, let's go for a drive, and then all of a sudden it's like hot dog Johnny's. <laughs> But it was awesome. So again, if you just happen to be in Buttsville, New Jersey, or anywhere near that area, <laughs> Hot Dog Johnny's. It was the happiest I've seen you in a long, oh, long time. It just brought me back. It, did. <laughs> it really did. I and, should have bought a bunch more to go and just frozen them and brought them. Yeah. And yeah. I, myself, am not a hot dog person. I don't really like hot dogs, but I loved the hot dog that I ate there. It was amazing, and I would have had another one on the spot. So the one when I get with the works, it's a hot dog, and they're not boiled. They're grilled. And it's um, made with mustard, and it has onions, and then a pickle on top. And that's just the, 
you can also get one with, I guess, everything, which would have added ketchup and maybe relish. But. Yeah, I think relish. I got mine with ketchup and pickles, which I was almost disowned because I like ketchup on my hot dogs. And apparently that's not allowed. We're not going to talk about that. I don't understand. Let's just make this. Let's just keep this happy. Okay? I don't understand. Let's just go on. Let's before we get into war. I don't get why it's so blast. Move on. Okay, fine. Well, anyway, now that our Thanksgiving talk is over, Merry Christmas. Last night, no, last night. What was that? Was last night? It was yesterday. Yesterday. um, It wasn't even last night. It was early morning. What? Oh, you're talking about the movie. The show. I was talking about the the, movie. Oh, I thought. Oh no, 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 yes, yes. We'll start at the beginning. Uh, We went and got our Christmas tree, which we never do this early. Yes, it was such a short run, though. I wish we had stayed there longer because no, no, I like. We almost lost the tree. That is true, but if we had stayed there longer, maybe we wouldn't have. Maybe it was the Christmas spirits being like, "Hey, you were supposed to stay at this place longer. We needed to get back." But we, we usually get, do. like, groceries, and we get, like, caramel and baking things. Okay. Anyway, we got our tree. Houses. We're psyched about it. The guy who put it on the car did not tie it down properly. And as we hit the highway, we just almost the whole thing slide off. Yeah. That was fun. But it's safe. And now it's, and it's a beautiful tree. We're it's very, very happy. Pretty. But go ahead. And then last night. Uh, last night was the first of our Christmas movie binge-a-palooza. Show. Christmas shows. Mostly shows. What? We'll do movies, but. They're not shows. A, it's not a movie. Rankin Bass is. It's not a movie. It was an hour long. It's that's still not a movie. That's that was a movie. That's a show. That was a Christmas special movie. It's a special. What what show was it a part of then? It's a Christmas special, TV show. It's not a TV show. It's not a movie. It was a movie. It's not a movie. <sighs> anyway, we watched Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the Christmas movie, um, about not a movie. It's it's a movie. I don't know what to tell you. It's not a show. It's, it's a, a okay. It's a, a Christmas special. We'll just okay, agree fine, on that. Fine. That's middle ground. It was a Christmas special, um, and it just takes me back. I love watching them. And tonight is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, um, and I was looking ahead, trying to find like Santa Claus or not Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, a year without a Santa year Claus. without Santa Claus. Exactly. Um, and at some point, I want to make you watch It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, it's so good. Let's move on. It's so good. Um, yeah, that's it. It's Christmas, and I'm wearing... I have four ugly Christmas sweaters. I'm wearing one of them right now. It's my Bob Ross Christmas, Christmas sweater. It's great. It's bright green and white, and there's trees. Just take a picture. Palettes. No one's... Okay, fine. Fine, 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 fine. I'll take a picture and put it on the on the Instagram. Um, but I'm working up. I want to get 31 Christmas sweaters, and I know Christmas ends before the end of December. Okay. Whatever. It's a goal, and I'm working towards it. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, and then finally, let's... So let's talk about Liverpool. Let's so Liverpool into soccer had corner. two games this week. And we had our Champions League game against Napoli. Had we won, we could just have been to the next round. But of course, Liverpool never does anything the easy way. And we tied 1-1. And I don't even know to tell you. It was Napoli just saying, hey, let's just put 11 people behind the ball and defend and they scored a goal that should never have counted because it was a foul that before the goal was scored the guy was also looked like he was offside but they didn't call it either even though the day before this exact same play happened to real madrid against psg and they called it back but whatever and then we scored a goal and i will say that technically not technically actually i think we fouled the guy when we scored the goal because i think lavern went over and kind of like pushed the guy but 
Anyway, 1-1. Was it a fair result? No. We should have won because Napoli came and parked the bus. Not even a bus. I think they parked a train. <laughs> they parked a bunch of uh, RVs. It was awful. But now we have to go to Salzburg and we have to get some kind of result. A tire win to, to go the next around. The sad, the worst part of that, though, was Fabinho, who's our incredible defensive midfielder, rolled his ankle, and now he's out for six weeks, which probably means longer because he won't be match fit. So we're in the most intense period of football right now. There are 10 games just in the month of December that Liverpool play. So we play pretty much three games roughly a week, like Saturday, weekday, Saturday or Sunday again. So game on the weekend, bang, bang. And this week we have the derby against Everton on Wednesday. But we did also have a game on Saturday. Yes. And we won that game. We should have killed them. We played Brighton and we were up 2 nothing. And then our goalie gets a red card for handling the ball outside the box. Legit. Should have been a red card. He should never have done it. I don't know why. We should have put like three or four goals at least away before that even happened. Then they get a free kick and we have this referee that I can't stand who is totally anti-Liverpool. Free kick. Our goalie's not even ready. I mean, we had to bring the goalie on. We had to take a player off. We're only playing with 10 men. Goalie's been sitting. It's freezing cold. He's trying to line up a wall. He's on the other side of the post, and he blows the whistle. And the guy just kicks it into the corner of the goal. And now it's 2-1 with, like, I don't know, 15 minutes left in the game plus extra time. And, it, of course, Liverpool does nothing the easy way. We did win. So now that's 14 games, 13 wins, one tie, still eight points ahead of Leicester, of all teams. And Man City tied. So we're 11 points ahead of City. But it's... What? Huh? Happy oh days, my, early days. Oh, I my was, God. I was thinking about... Okay. Well, anyway. I was thinking about the soccer lingo. I'm sorry. All right. Well, anyway. So so <laughs> it's good, but now God, it's crazy. God. We have a bunch of games. Our goalie's out for three. Our starting goalie. Fabinho, out for all these games. Our defender, Matip, is still hurt. So... Oh man, this is going to be ugly. We gotta, we gotta do well. We, if we can get to January with a, still at least an eight to nine point lead, that's momentum going into to the finals or into the second half of the season, roughly. But yeah, there we go. That's it. So, Dang. yeah, this was a longer intro than I think we expected. We're yeah. sorry, everyone. Don't apologize. They love hearing us banter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. Okay. okay, well, we can go into the stories now. All right, you're, you're doing what? An urban legend. Urban legend. Yes. Okay, cool. All right, let's hear it. All right. So, um, initially, this was going to be two stories because I wasn't sure if it was going to be long enough. But then the other story ended up having, like, maybe one source. And then this story ended up being five pages. So, it all worked out in the end. All right. Um. So this is a multi-state urban legend. Okay. Uh, and it sort of calls back something that I've covered in the past. Although it doesn't really say it until the end. So, okay. Without further ado. And when you mean past, like our past or like the episodes way, way back in the early days? Uh, you were there. Okay. When I did it. Right. I was pretty early though. I can't remember exactly what episode, but it was it was pretty early. Okay. You were definitely there. Okay. Anyway. So. Tony was driving with his family when he saw it. The car had come to a section of the road where there were fields on both sides, the only thing separating them being some sort of, like, irrigation ditch. Okay. 
At first, it looked just like some kind of shape, like an animal or something like that. Then, as they continued driving, the figure became startlingly clear. It was a person, running alongside the car with ease. This would have been pretty normal, except for two things. One, the car was going 45 to 50 miles per hour. And two, the person's head was enormous. Um, The person's clothes were also a little bit odd. Uh, It was wearing ripped brown pants, a white shirt with suspicious red stains. Uh, And Tony later described it as being, quote, about 5'7", light brown skin, a large head, and two holes where the ears should have been. Huh. The creature kept up with the car for a while before jumping into the woods as it went around a curve in the road. This is uh, not an uncommon experience. It's happened in the states of Ohio, Michigan, and Connecticut. This one happened in Ohio, but those three states. The creature that Tony saw was none other than the melon head. Oh, my God. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, you know about the melon heads. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I used a wide variety of sources for this one. See, I'm trying to be like you and cite my sources because I always forget. Fair enough. I used a lot of uh, stuff from Ranker. Uh, I, I used stuff from Damned Connecticut, <laughs> uh, The Lineup, Mysterious Universe, Road Trippers, Urban Legends Wiki, The 13th Floor, yep. and, and Wikipedia. Yep, 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 yep. So, they're really helpful. Sad that now I know all these places. How is that sad? They're good sources. I know, but, you know, it's like a whole world that's out there. Cryptid people? No, just these sites where just, there's a lot, which is, again, yeah, it's good I mean, that you good can find. that's good for the podcast because we can have more things. Right, yeah. But uh, I mean, a few of them just, you know, they just cut and paste the same thing and just, that's and, very they don't, true. and they don't give the source. That's you're reading, you're like, oh, the, wait a minute, this is just from Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. Throwback to whatever that I think it was like when I was doing Elizabeth Bathory. It was literally the exact same yeah. thing as a different yeah. source. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so the description um, varies. There was that one that I just told you. but um, Was it like honeydew, cantaloupe? Um, <laughs> I don't know. All right, just wondering. Um, lots of the images also vary. Oh, but just okay. imagine a person with a ginormous head, and I think you're good. <laughs> like <Okay>. airheads. <laughs> All right. Um, like a Megamind or something like that? Yes, like Megamind. Exactly okay. like Megamind. All right. So uh, eyewitness accounts have described the melon heads as being completely bald with misshapen bulbous heads. Duh. Um, and also as having deformed arms and legs, teeth like daggers. <laughs> teeth that look like daggers. I was reading it as teeth like daggers. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it could be. Yes, and luminous red eyes. All right. So there are a lot of origin stories for this creature, and they all sort of like have the same like key basic elements. Okay. Um, but they do vary from state to state and even within the states. So I'm going to start off with Ohio. Okay. So this first one takes place in an orphanage, of course, um, with children under the care of the malevolent and evil Dr. Crow. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Dr. Crow was the orphanage's go-to. I don't know if he was, like, living there or if he just came to the orphanage to check on the kids. But 
whatever it was, he was there a he lot. He just was visiting his lab. That was in the bottom of the basement. <laughs> yeah, you know. All right. Just because. Just exactly. Like his errands. He has to go pick up the milk. He has right. to go to his evil basement lab. Right. Um, Some so, test tubes. Beakers. <laughs> yeah. So he was around a lot. Um, his medical care, not the best, though. Oh, so he was a PhD. <laughs> yes, PhD with air quotes. Uh, so legend has it that Dr. Crow would perform horrible experiments on the children. Hmm. <laughs> what? Didn't see that one coming. Uh, so he'd inject their brains with a mysterious fluid, which caused the swelling of their skull and heads, giving him giving them the melon These head. days we just call that steroids. <laughs> <laughs> the melon head name. Uh, so this torture continued for years until the children decided to exact revenge. We should have sound effects on this podcast. (laughs) Um, so they murdered Dr. Crow, as you do, uh, and burned down the orphanage. Uh, then they retreated into the woods while the flames consumed their former house of torture. Somebody like, ah, we didn't think this through. (laughs) Where are we going to live? Well... I mean, they figured it out because, you know, they decided they're going to stay hidden from the public and they decided to scavenge throughout the woods, live there, uh, and attack any person who came to them. Okay. Maybe they were, like, not trusting of other people, but I think um, a lot of these stories end with, then they went into the woods, then they started scavenging, and then they started inbreeding, and now they're all deformed. Well, they were not, not related, so... Well, some of them are like families that went into the woods, but like families of deformed people. It, 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 uh, I'll explain it. But like, well, like first generation, they were like, hey, whoo. Hey, and then all of a sudden, you know, second generation, it's cousins. And you're like, mm. but then the third generation and you're like, ooh. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't get better here. No, well, then, you know. But basically all of them pretty much end with retreated to the woods, scavenge, inbreed. Mm. So. You'll notice that pattern. <laughs> uh, so the second origin story is a little bit different, but it still has some of the same elements. Okay. Uh, in Kirtland, Ohio, which is the same place as the other story, the one I just told you. Is it Mr. Raven? No, it's still Dr. Crow. Oh, look at that. <laughs> hmm. Yes. So uh, this Dr. Crow, however, was a very nice man. Uh, he was a good guy. We yeah. like him. So these are alternate dimensions. Yes, pretty, right. pretty much. Right. The question is, which one is our dimension? Right. I'll leave that up to you, the listener. Um, so basically, Dr. Crow, he's like a nice sort of lonely man. And he takes in a crew of children with hydrocephalus, which is like the a lot of fluids in the brain. Um, oh, I actually have a quote right here. Um, it is, quote, a condition in which fluid accumulates in the brain, typically in young children, enlarging the head and sometimes causing brain damage. Yeah. So that's a pretty, uh, what's it called when it's solid evidence? Logical. (laughs) uh, Logical explanation to like these melon head people. Um, So he takes them in, but his neighbors hated the children and they like would tease them and make fun of them and they called them melon heads. It's bad. Yeah. Bad people. Uh, Eventually, Dr. Crow died of natural causes. They didn't murder him in this version. Mm-hmm. Uh, the children were left alone. Uh, they remembered sort of all the hatred that they had endured from everyone but Dr. Crow. And they were like, there's no good in this world besides him. And now he's gone. So naturally, they burned the house down with Dr. Crow still in it. And I went to the woods, scavenged. Yes. And then... It, How did you know? I don't say. 
today. Oh my god, my next bullet point is there, through decades of inbreeding, the worst genes became more prominent until the melon heads were more humanoid than human. Mm. What a surprise. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, so there's a third story of the melon heads in Ohio, another origin story. Uh, back in the 60s, a group of teenagers were exploring the woods when they stumbled across an old farmhouse. Hmm. Oh. Uh, so sitting on the porch of this farmhouse. So farmer crow? <laughs> there's no crows in this mm. one. I'm sorry. You think out of all places, farmer crow. Well, I guess not because you'd have, they don't want crows on farms. That's why they have okay. scarecrows. Yeah. Okay. Farmer scarecrow? No, maybe not. Or maybe he's just a scarecrow. All right. All right. Scarecrows before they could afford scarecrows. Anyway, so there's a family sitting on the porch. Um, a father, a mother, and several children. Every single one of them had a malformed heads. Okay. Were they related? I don't know. And the story doesn't actually clear up how the mother has a malformed head. But I'll Wait, so everyone, even the fa- The father, the mother, and the children all, all have, had malformed heads. Did they come out of the woods? Well, From they're like already Connecticut in the woods. Or Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> they're living in the woods. Okay, all right. Well, this is after they burned down the house and they right, killed Dr. Crow. Right. Okay. Uh, so the teenagers uh, were like, oh... There's some people with weird heads. Let's ask them what happened. As you oh, better than, oh, look at the screen. big heads. That's true. So, hey. Yeah. So they were like, hey, what happened? And the man told them that he'd been a nuclear scientist in World War II. Mm. And the radiation exposure had caused deformities in his children. But this is where I was like, how did his wife get a malformed head? Was she also a scientist? She or like, been, yeah. was like, did he bring some radiation Maybe home? she was a scientist. Mm. And he was just taking the credit. He just basically carried her materials for, her. so like brought home <laughs> materials, and all of a sudden, you know, that was radiation on them. Yeah, maybe. But whatever happened, they all got deformed radiation stuff. So that was that story. Okay. And it became really popular among teens at the time. And one guy uh, who like wrote this origin story was like, I decided I was going to go investigate. So he goes into the woods, uh, but before he gets to where the farmhouse is supposed to be, he gets stopped by a bunch of police. Um, and he's like, no, I have to get to this farmhouse, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, son, there is no farmhouse. I don't know what you're talking about. It's just silly chatter, blah, 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 blah. And they keep like trying to convince him so badly that he just becomes more and more determined, like this is definitely real. Um, and so they usher him out of the woods. He's never like returned and he's never been able to confirm it but he believes that it is true hmm. okay and i guess like i was trying to think rationalizing like maybe they were there because people were like trespassing or like something like that i don't know why they would be in the woods but who knows there could be a radioactive family in the woods in ohio yeah. who knows um but with that let's move on to michigan so um, in Holland, Michigan, mm-hmm. stands an old building. Long defunct, the government claims it was part of the Dunes Correctional Facility, a low-security prison that is long since shut down. Okay. Uh, this is probably true, because the government is saying it. <laughs> Which, of course, trust the government, kids. Uh, don't do that. Anyway, um, the locals all believe that the building once had another purpose. 
They believe that the building is the shell of the Junction Insane Asylum. Hmm. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Insert sound effect. Um, the Allegan County Historical Society claims that the asylum never even existed. Um, and it's just a part of local lore or whatever. But where's the fun in that? Come hmm. on. Um, so the legend that's been passed down for the, from the townsfolk for generations states that several children with hydrocephalus... Uh, uh, were admitted to the asylum where they were grossly mistreated by the staff. But then that's making the, you know, you're making a leap that because of this disease, you're insane. Yes, I think that, but it's a, so they sometimes cause brain damage. So like... Doesn't mean you're insane. If you get... Yeah, but people sent like women to insane asylums because they got a bit grouchy on their period, didn't they? Back in the day. Okay. Like... I yeah, mean, no, no. It didn't take much. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, so, fair enough. No, nope, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it I could see it happening. Happened, right, sure. right, 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 right. Um, so they admitted them to the hospital. Hospital, quote. Um, so they were mentally and physically abused. Mm-hmm. But one day, the children had had enough. Did Remind burn- you of any origin stories? Did they burn it down? Um, No, but they did band together and attack all the doctors, killing them and... Feasting on their flesh. Hmm. Before going to the... Not quite. They took uh. all the bones and they put it in this nearby mansion called Felt Mansion, um, which has its own little separate ties to the melon heads. But they put all the bones in the mansion. Then they went to the woods. Oh, okay. That's all right. <laughs> right so. so they had a couple errands and then they got there. All right. Yeah. And they had, you know, a couple chores to do. Uh. Uh, and then some people say that they just escaped and then went into the woods. But again, where is the fun in that? Mm. Come on. Get a little creative with it. Um, so yeah, they all agree that whatever happened for them to get out of the asylum, they did eventually end up in the woods where they were hunting and became more feral and they attack humans that go looking for them. Okay. Of course. So felt mansion. Um, one legend claims that a group of children used to inhabit the mansion, um, and sought refuge in a complex system of tunnels underneath it when something happened. I don't know. It didn't elaborate. Um, But for some reason, they were living there, and then something happened, and they had to escape into these underground tunnels. Okay. Um, However, they never emerged. Um, They may still be in the tunnels to this day, waiting for people to come looking for them, which I feel like is more of a ghostly type legend than an urban legend. Um, But hey, they didn't go into the forest this time. No, they could have if the tunnel led to the forest. That's true. So That's true. They probably did end up in the forest. Um, and then a possible logical explanation for this melon head tale in Felt Mansion is that um, it used to be called St. Augustine's Seminary. And it was a seminary school where kids go to learn how to be priests and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the kids who went there, I think... Um, said that the locals would call them melon heads because they were like brainy and in this like school for priests or whatever. Um, and that was like just like a nickname. And right. then it turned into this legend. Okay. So they're saying big brain. So look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so that's Michigan and then on into Connecticut, okay. which by the way, the Wikipedia page for the melon heads in Connecticut 
has like a whole section at the end that just says like haunted graveyards in southwestern Connecticut. And there's like a whole list. <laughs> well, I mean, it it was one of the original colonies, so there could be a lot more history there than That's most. true, but I feel like it's so specific to have that many graveyards. Who knows? Crazy, crazy. But anyway, back to the melon heads. Um, so in Fairfield, Connecticut lies Velvet Road, uh, which is nicknamed Dracula Drive. Okay. Because of the melon heads that may lurk nearby. I'm not quite sure how uh, that leads to Dracula yeah. Drive, but you know, it happened. Was um, it the teeth like daggers? Maybe. All right. I guess. Um, maybe it's the luminous red eyes too. Eh, okay. But um, this isn't the only road in Connecticut that's nicknamed Dracula Drive. There are a bunch and most of them are attribute, like associated with melon heads. So okay. it's really weird. But there's multiple Dracula Drives in Connecticut that aren't actually called Dracula Drive. Okay. Fun fact. <laughs> um, so there's no explanation as to how the melon heads actually got to this area uh, where they started lurking. Okay. But I'm willing to bet it has to do with this Dr. Crow or hydrocephalus or insane asylums or orphanages or just whatever. Fair enough. Yeah. Me. But they got there somehow. Right. Um, and then a different story in Connecticut suggests that an insane asylum near Trumbull, Connecticut, burned to the ground. Oh, there you go. In 1960. And some of the patients that escaped the fire retreated into the woods. Um, and they weren't like, they didn't have hydrocephalus. They were just patients that went into the woods. And then they started foraging and hunting small animals. But when the winter came... They ran out of animals to hunt, I guess, and foraging things. So they were like, you know what we should do, guys? We should uh, hunt and kill the humans that come hiking here. So they did just that. Okay. Well, you know. Yeah. And then guess what was the next step? I have no idea. Over the years, they became more deformed due to inbreeding. Oh, my God. That's, you know, it's just... The next, yeah. it's always the next step here. Um, so that was what sort of created the melon head appearance. Okay. So they evolved into melon heads. Yes. Mm. More like devolved, I feel like. I don't know. Fair enough. Is it even evolution if it takes place that quickly? No. Okay. So the, the, the life lesson here, kids, is don't inbreed, I feel like. Yeah, no, I think that's always a good rule. I yeah, think. I feel like that's good You'll lesson. get far. You'll get very far yeah. if you don't, yeah. don't just don't. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so the last story from Connecticut brings witchcraft into the mix. Kind hmm. of. Okay. Um, in colonial times, there's a family that was accused of witchcraft, as you do in, yeah. in colonial times. Um, so instead of being executed, what? The family was exiled to live in the surrounding woods, away from society. Hmm. I feel like this is the beginning of the witch here. That's what I was thinking myself. <laughs> um, but because they couldn't interact with anyone else in the town... Oh, my. They resorted to inbreeding to continue their bloodline. Mm -hmm. The resulting children were surprised, deformed. Um, and then repeated inbreeding created the melon head appearance. As you do. <sighs> Um, so there are a couple experiences that have happened, and I have to say, they don't sound that true. Um, 
there's one of them that when I tell you the ending, you're going to be very disappointed. Um, okay. So let's start in Michigan uh, at Felt Mansion. Okay. Uh, so this story comes from a Kelly Toppedrosian mm-hmm. uh, who submitted her encounter to Weird Michigan. Okay. Um, according to her, she was exploring the grounds of Felt Mansion with her friends one night when she spied a man in the distance. Uh, he had an unusually large head, um, but she didn't really think anything of it at first. Uh, he started walking towards her and her group of friends, uh, and so one of her friends called out hello in an attempt to like be friendly and polite. Okay. Uh, he didn't say hello back. Instead, he just grunted at them and then started walking faster. Um, and... All that she said, like, at the same time, we all realized that he was a melon head. And then we took off running to the car and just drove on out of there. Okay. So that's her experience Mm -hmm. with the melon head, uh, who was likely, like, just like a night watchman or something. Uh, Sure. (laughs) Now, this is the one that I think you're going to have some issues with. Mm. So this happened on Dracula Drive, one of the Dracula Drives in Connecticut. Uh, in the early 1980s, Megan O'Connell and a group of friends decided to seek adventure after a high school football game uh, by searching the woods by Dracula Drive for melonheads. Okay. Sure. Right. As you do. Right. The dare, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they all piled into Megan's friend Debbie's car, a Ford Granada. Okay. I don't know why they gave me that detail. Um, and set off on their journey. All right. Um, so they got to the the area of dracula drive that was supposed to be haunted i guess they got out they like went into the woods they started looking and then they heard this noise all right they realized it was the noise of debbie's car turning on huh so they turn around they run back to the car and they see like the headlights flash at them okay then before they know it the car is barreling towards them so they dive out of the way all right and they look back at the car and they see Who's driving it? And all I see is a big ass head. Two big ass heads. What? Two melon heads had hijacked the car. Uh-huh. Uh, and they noticed their like luminous orange eyes um, as they just drove away into the woods. And I guess they never got the car back. Already then. <laughs> so that happened, apparently. Um, I don't know if I believe it. Hmm. I'm thinking that she wrecked her car, didn't want to tell mom and dad, but like, oh my God, the melonheads. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was writing this. Um, So then this is from Ohio on sort of Wisner Road Mm -hmm. or Wisner Road. I don't know. Uh, So a witness called JB, no last name was given, uh, claims that he saw the melonheads as a child uh, when he lived near the woods on Wisner slash Wisner Road in Ohio. Uh, so here's his account. Quote, it was an early autumn night, around 10 p.m., when I heard my dog bark and I ran outside to see what was going on. When I went outside to see what all the commotion was all about, I found my dog lying there bleeding. I looked towards the woods and saw what I believed to be a small figure with very pale skin and a large head. When the creature saw me and ran into the woods, I went out the next morning and followed the tracks, but they stopped near a creek. Now, the thing that this re- this whole story reminds me of, I'm pretty sure you've come to the same conclusion, is the Dover Demon. Yeah. And Connecticut's close-ish to 
Massachusetts. So that makes sense. Um, but it like the no, no, that the Ohio story about yep. how like it like, was fast. going to the creek and like yeah. all the the car story when yeah. it had like luminous orange eyes, sort of big head. Yep. It's very Dover demony to me. Oh, I I can see that. I can see so, that. So I don't know if if it's some kind of relative. <laughs> I don't know. But maybe they have some kind of similarity. Uh, I don't know what to say. Those are the melon heads. I. I. And hey, you know, the good thing about this is if I end up going to Wesleyan or if I go to Oberlin, I could go look for them because I'll be in Connecticut or Ohio. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'll let you know <laughs> if I go to any of the other colleges. Yeah. Uh, I would think wouldn't make it a priority. Maybe, you know. See how it goes. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> That's all you got. I, I like the origin story. <laughs> yeah, I find it very funny that uh, Doctor Crow is both a horrible man and a really great man, and both versions of him led to the exact same end result. Exactly. Um. Yeah, but those are the melon heads. Hey, well, you learn something new. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> so I get to do true crime. Finally. All right, listen. I'm sorry for doing a two-parter. Um, my story takes place in Brazil. Ooh. It is a serial killer slash vigilante. I don't know how else to say this. You'll, you'll get it. Okay. Um, and it takes place from... Roughly 1967 to about 2003. Oh, yeah, so that's almost a four long decades. Time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this story I found after you know those regular our normal holiday discussions about prison reform and you know <laughs> killers, capital punishment, etc. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if you wanted to because this oh, whole yes. came up because you were yes, doing... I'm doing a research paper for my AP Lang class about like. Um, psychopaths and sociopaths and what should happen to them and how should sanity affect sentencing. I'm actually really excited because I reached out to the Wine and Crime podcast hosts and they agreed to do an interview with me uh, over email. So I'm super excited. Right. So some of those questions, like we were... Some of my favorite people. So some of the questions were... Just, do you mind? Um, Yeah, I don't have them up right now. Well, you were talking about like the uh, the aspect between... prison reform and rehabilitation. And then like being a psychopathic, uh, psychopathic, um, um, psychopathy and uh, sociopathy, right? What what do you mean? Like you were talking about those two different... Yeah, Yeah. like so, you know, that kind of thing. So... Um, What should like happen to psychopaths versus sociopaths? Yeah. Fun stuff like that. Right. And then then there was the whole thing about capital punishment that you know you've been discussing as well so like again these are our conversations over turkey just so everybody knows i mean it's a pretty would you rather be like fighting i feel like once that started that's when everybody left the room wasn't it about that time when they're like okay we're gonna eat our food in the at the kids table yeah yeah well you know (laughs) just gave us more stuffing which was great um and more carrots of course (laughs) (laughs) so uh let's here's a scenario then for you and as I said, as we were talking about everything you were brought up and some of the questions you were bringing up for uh, wine and crime, um, when I was searching stories, this one particular one came up, and I was like, "Huh, that's so weird." Because it kind of 
discusses all these things that wow, you were fits with a the theme in a way. Yeah. Um, so it, maybe it's a case study. Maybe it's not. I don't know. It's up to you how you want to use it afterwards. But here we go. So let's start with a scenario. Okay. Which is hypothetical. Maybe. Oh, um, no. In Southeast Brazil lived a man who was a known drunk, violent, petty in the sense that I don't want to say narcissistic, but just petty towards others Hmm. and just a cowardly human being as for all the other issues he had. Um, And that's, again, I'm probably being kind in this sense. Okay, so a bad dude. Yeah. Uh, Well, (laughs) his day job was a school security guard. Okay. Mm -hmm. And wasn't the best at his job. Oh, no. Because he was a drunk, violent, petty, cowardly human being. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's not good. At night, he would frequent red light areas, you know, basically for a certain vice of his, depending on the night. So hmm. was it drinking? Was it women? Was it drugs? Whatever. But, uh, you know, just depended on what, what, what the mood set oh. for the evening. All right. Somehow, I don't know how, and... I'm not sure exactly how it all worked out. He found someone who deemed him worthy enough to spend the rest of her life with. Wow. I, I don't know how, but... Happens every day, unfortunately. Marriage did not stop his vices. What a surprise. Um, and then she became pregnant. Okay. And uh, that idea of starting a family also... Didn't stop his vices. Oh, my God. At one point during her pregnancy, the man found himself beating her. <gasps> and it was a f- like a joint fight, you know, in, in what has been overheard or how it was witnessed or everything else. But it became violent enough that he kicked her in no, the belly. Oh, he killed the baby, didn't he? No, he didn't. How And... In that fight by kicking her, he actually bruised the skull of the unborn, unborn child, child in her womb. <gasps> now... Is this like a nature versus nurture thing that's happening? I don't know. The child? I don't know. Well, it's for you and <sighs> listeners to decide. Um, she did give birth to a son. Mm-hmm. And it was believed that the boy had suffered brain damage from the uh, bruised skull well again while he was gestating um now after the boy being born he was still same old same old i feel like nothing's really gonna change him here so he continued to beat both his son and his wife for years oh my god now in his mind he believed he was the king of the castle like he controlled this world because it was his home Um, However, in the real world, he had completely different problems. Mm. At his job, he was accused for stealing from the school, and he was fired. What what do you steal from a school? Not exactly sure. I think it could have been food or other things as well. Um, Um, So he was actually innocent of that that particular crime. Oh. But it didn't matter. He was now unemployed. Um, which allowed him more time to be the king of his castle and live in his little fiefdom of oh my God. his servi- servants or serfs, whatever you want to call them. Wow. Then something odd kind of happened. Um, when he got fired, it was the vice mayor that actually did the firing. 
And mysteriously, the vice mayor turned up dead. Oh my, oh my God. And not accidentally, you know, fell off something or drank and ran into that. No, he was murdered. Of course, this man was a suspect, but he had an alibi for that evening. He was beating his wife. Oh my God. So he was still considered, you know, watched and police were just making sure. But the murder did freak out the town. I guess it was a close, close enough town. He was actually, they lived on a farm. Um, The, uh, and that murder also precipitated the real person who had stolen the goods to come forward. Um, I think, I don't know if he confessed or rumor had it that this person now was scared because they thought, you know. Like he was going to come after him. Yeah, Yeah. he'd be next. And mysteriously, that thief would be found killed too. Oh, okay. Dude, come on. Murdered. Oh my God. Again, man, it was a suspect. Now remember, they were watching him. Right. And he had an alibi this time. He was drunk at the tavern or pub, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he, the man, did know who the killer was. He did? He did. Ooh. It was no other than his 14-year-old son, Pedro. <gasps> what? Pedro fled to Sao Paulo to... Escape? Because the heat, you know, didn't want to... Well, yeah. Okay. 14. And years passed. Okay. Okay. Now, after that time, those years, uh, Pedro learned that his father had murdered his mother with a machete, <gasps> slashing her 21 times. Oh, it, my God. His father finally gets arrested and is put in jail. Pedro had earned his own infamous reputation since he had left his hometown. So one evening, he visited the, his father at the local prison. Oh, my God. Where he stabbed his father 22 times. Damn. Ripped out his heart. <gasps> then took a bite out of it. What? And then spit it right out at him. In a prison? In a prison. This is the tale of Pedro Rodriguez Filo. A.K.A. Pedroino Matador. Which means Killer Petey. Oh. Who was the most notorious serial killer in Brazil. What? That's just the beginning? However, he was known for killing criminals. Whoa. This is a really big like moral journey that we're going on here. So here are my sources. <laughs> um, all That's Interesting was where I found it originally. I love All That's Interesting. Rolling Stone had a, a whole story about him as well. Wikipedia, of course. And then cre- Criminal, My- uh, uh, Criminal Minds Fandom, um, dot com. Huh. Okay. Um, there were some others, and what I'm going to tell you about this guy, uh, like there's a bunch of stories about his kills, and I did find some conflicting accounts, even from the same sites, <laughs> which was really weird. Um, so uh, what I'm going to try to do is I'll try to discuss them all, and if I can remember, I try to put little you know asterisks on where some of these may be suspect. All right. Hmm. So into the crime timeline. Crime timeline. Pedro was born on July 17th, 1954. And as I mentioned in that intro, his father was an asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pedro apparently had some mental issues since his birth, you know. Well, he did because, get kicked in the head. Yeah. Uh, and 
later, you know, he had been interviewed and all these other things, but he did say as early as 13, he wanted to kill. And well, at mean, one... When he was 14, he did. So. <laughs> well, at one point, he was at this um, sugarcane factory press facility yeah, that's company. that's where you get the urge to kill. Right. He, and he pushed his older cousin <gasps> into the press... What? To just see what would happen. Unfortunately, uh, didn't die. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He didn't die. But, you know, that was, he said, his first attempt at trying to kill somebody. Holy mother of God. And then, of course, at 15, 14, he had his first kill with the vice mayor. And then the, and then the thief uh, soon after. Now, when he fled to Sao Paulo, his life as a criminal or, you know, or his life of crime did continue. Um, at first, he targeted uh, drug dealers, just trying to rob them, you know, drug dens, this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, I think he figured out kind of the um, crime organization, or at least one of the Ooh. top drug dens, where he then would start killing the drug traffickers. Uh, and you know, kind of laying waste to them. And that, it started to come out that there's this, why are they dying? How are they dying? You know, people thought, was it the police? And a lot of people didn't care. They're like, they're criminals. What does it matter? That's fair, I guess. But one of the fortunate outcomes of his little murder spree here of killing all these drug traffickers <laughs> was that he met his partner, Maria Aparacida Olympia, who just happened to become a widow after... Pedro killed her husband, <laughs> who was the head of this oh one god. drug trafficking organization. <laughs> oh my god! This sounds like a superhero, or I guess not really a superhero, an anti-hero origin story. Yeah. Um, so Pedro assumed the head of this organization after killing uh, Olympia's uh, or Maria, I should say, if I go with her first name, Maria's husband, um, and because. Of this uh, this takeover or regime change, uh-huh. he had to kind of kill some of the friends of the old regime. Oh my god! So he just went out and got rid of some of I don't know if they were partners, good friends, or whatever of her. Just a whole her ex husband, her now dead husband. Um, so this of course caused more violence amongst these gangs and you know turf wars and this and that and everything yeah. else. During this period of time, I don't know how long it was, but Maria became pregnant with Pedro's child. And Pedro was, I'm not going to do what my father did. You know, I am... Good. You know, I... I mean, he's already killed a lot of people, but, you know... Right. Criminals. Right. Um, And he he promised he would never be violent towards her, towards children, you know, towards... He just wanted to be... uh, Just criminals. Yeah. Wanted to be a family man. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, He was looking forward to becoming a father. Unfortunately, Maria was murdered. What? Now, one source said it was the police. Another source said it was a rival gang. But if it was the police, they probably just worked for a rival gang. So in the end, a gang killed her. Oh, my God. This didn't go over well with Pedro. And uh, yeah, no. Pedro just took it up a notch on his killing. Oh, my God. So... I'm just going to throw a spoiler alert for anybody who's a Game of Thrones fan. And I know it's been a long, long time, but whatever. I'm just telling you that 
There's I've no... seen this, right? Yes, but I'm just saying that okay. we're going to talk about something specific to Game of Thrones, season two specifically, but just wanted to let people know. I mean, if you haven't caught up on Game of Thrones, I feel like you probably know everything that's happened, but whatever. So well, let's I just... didn't, and I'm now on season eight. Fair <laughs> So Pedro's, pretty much his focus was, I'm going to find the people that killed my wife. Or, I don't know if they're married, but his lover, whatever you want to go through. And unborn child. Mm. So, he just goes out and captures rival gang members. Some of them low-level, some mid-level. I don't think he ever got to the top of folks. And just, you know, tortured them till they died. mother of God. And I, the torture, his favorite was just stabbing. You know, like slicing, seeing oh what happens, God. that kind of thing. And at some point, he found out who ordered the hit. And it was believed for him to get to that point that he killed anywhere between a half a dozen to a dozen people just oh to get to that point. Oh, my God. Um, and it was him. Like, he didn't, like, delegate this out to, hey, he, you. He'd get his hands dirty. He's like, yeah. Uh, you know, killer PD. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh so um, he goes now, finds this out, and he learned that it was either a client or an old partner of the of the her ex-husband, and and apparently she, he believed that Maria had be, betrayed this brotherhood or whatever I guess of that's criminals. Fair. Um, and what he also learned, Pedro learned, was that this client or this person was going to be attending a wedding of one of the rival gang members. Oh my god! So Pedro waited to. It's always the weddings. Hold his own red wedding. Oh my. So he proceeded to crash the wedding and kill seven people in front of everyone. He didn't stab them. He just, he was, he used a gun. What about the bride and the groom? I'm not sure who who all died, but definitely the guy who ordered the hit, six others, as well as 16 others got injured. Um, some, you know, paralyzed. Imagine having that in your wedding photo yeah. album. Yeah, pretty much. Well, you're not going to forget. <laughs> no, Maybe you'll remember your anniversary then. Um, you just give out, like, bullet casings as your gift that's right. <laughs> to everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for coming. That's Thanks for surviving. That's right. You lived. I, maybe they gave it shirts. I survived. Instead the, of the cans that are, like, going. That's right. It's all shell casings. <laughs> um, so this all happened before Pedro even turned 18. What? Yes. He's. Not even 18. No. He's like my age and he's doing this? Exactly. That's the other thing when I was thinking about this. Yeah. What? So the Red Wedding cemented Pedro as Killer Petey. And um, he became feared. Mostly, though, by criminals. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but, of course, that also put, you know, a mark on him. You know, that he was, he yeah. had a, like, he was paranoid himself. Um now, also, right after this happened is when he finds out that his father has killed his mother and he takes a little, you know, little trip up back How to did, home. Did he get arrested or did he escape? Oh, he's he's free here. You know, he's, you know, out and about. How did he not get Doing ar- the thing, living the dream. I Wait, don't know. What, what even happened? He never after- got caught. But he was in the prison. Yeah, he entered the prison. Wait, he snuck in. Uh, apparently... I thought it was like a visitor thing. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, his father didn't see it coming oh until he saw it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, after killing his father, 
he returned back to his empire or, you know, and again, it wasn't huge, but this, this area. Um, and he basically kept killing and mostly local rivals, but then he started to set his sights on rapists specifically. Okay. And they think, or the way I tie this together for some of the stories or some of the, the reports was that his cousin had become pregnant and it isn't clear if she was raped, um, but Pedro killed the man who impregnated her. Oh. So, so that, you know, I don't know what traumatically happened, what but the, yeah. Okay. So in a way, he definitely has this revenge thing for women. Okay. Right? All right. Uh, knight in shining armor? So in that time of, you know, that 14 to whatever, 18, 19 or whatever it is, um, maybe up to, like, so he was born in, what, 57, we said? 54, I thought. Okay, yeah. So for yeah, so for like twenty, almost nineteen, twenty years, um, he's killing right. And wow. in that period of time, from the Red Wedding, his father, um, this guy who killed his co- who impregnated his cousin, um, he would kill another twelve people, thieves, rapists, robbers, whatever Holy it may be. So I don't even think these were rival gang people. He just criminals, criminals, criminals. right. And I don't know, again, they could have been infringing on his empire for all we know, but right. doesn't say. In May of 1973, the law catches up to him. And I don't know how he got, if he got turned in or whatever, but you know, he was always in hiding, but gets caught. So he gets arrested. They throw him in the back of a police car with two other um, criminals, okay. not af- uh, affiliated with him. Just two, just two other criminals. Okay. I guess they're rounding up criminals. Um, when they get to the police station, they open the door. Only Pedro and another of the criminals walks out. What? In the car, he realized he was one of the guys was a rapist, and he killed him in the car. Oh my god! He would be sentenced to 126 years in prison for the multiple crimes he had done. Um, yeah. And and I don't even, I don't even know if there was a trial. I, I don't even know how Brazil law works, but it was like. May, bang, boom, you're in jail. Okay? Now, he's in jail, surrounded by criminals, and that didn't stop him from killing. If anything, it was giving him his own little personal hunting ground. That's very true. He is believed to have killed a Francisco de Assis Pereira, who was a serial killer and a rapist. Now, one source said that he was believed to have been killed in this, like, um, there was, like, a riot in the in the in the huh. um, open yard area, and or it's the perfect time to strike. Right, and again, it was believed that Pedro had killed him. But then others say he had actually faked his death and is now he reformed himself and is like married somewhere. So what? I, I, again, and this was the same one of the sites. I can't remember which site it was. Maybe the criminal mind site a that had a link. Rapist. Right. So they say he killed him, and then it, there was a link to this guy. So I went to go read up about that guy, and then they talk about him. They're like, oh, they said he thought they died, but he was he's now living a life. Blah blah. blah. So I don't know what's. I going don't on. know. I um, don't think so. Another was uh, Zhao Acasio da Costa, who was also another serial rapist and a robber. One source said that it was Pedro who killed him. Another source said that he committed suicide while he was in jail. Oh. I don't know. So uh, the uh, another person was this um, Hosmany Ra- Ra- uh, Ramos. Now, again, a lot of these were, at, for South America or Brazil, famous killers, murderers. He was a multiple, multiple murderer, not a serial killer, mm. um, and a robber. And 
because you know he's in jail with rival gang members, he also is targeted. Oh my god! So during one attempt on his life, he was ambushed by three inmates. Wow! Actually, I think it was five inmates. Um, Whoa! And it, it's like again, it's like a movie. He's cornered in some. I don't know if it was the showers or whatever it is. So he's there. Five come in. He walks out. What? Three are killed. Two How? are wounded. Um, but again, like the legend grows. How does that happen? I don't know. Um, what? On another attempt of on his life, two inmates tried to jump him. And just by chance, a guard happened to be there. And... They were saying that usually that wouldn't have stopped Pedro, but he respected this guard, so the guard wanted him to stop. So he's like, "All right." And but I think he, I don't know if he parallel. I mean, whatever he did to them, they it would have been better if they had died, but they didn't. Holy mother of God! So on April twenty fourth, two thousand and seven. Whoa! Yeah. So again, he's in jail for this time. I was alive in two thousand seven. Yeah, he's released. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> How, How, you ask? <laughs> well, before I get into that. <laughs> How? In that period of time in prison, he killed 47 inmates. Oh, my God. How? What the heck? Where he received an additional 400 more years to his 126-year sentence. However, in Brazil, the law states that no one can serve more than 30 years behind prison. It's the law. But that doesn't make sense. Why would you give people more than 30 years if they can't even? But he, just saying, now he served 34 years because of those extra 47 deaths he caused. So they they tacked on four more years in prison. Oh, yeah, that's totally proportional. So when I was reading this, in Brazil, if you're considered a psychopath, then... You, you, that you can serve forever if you're that kind of thing. Um, but then in 1990, they, they, I don't know if the rule was um, uh, modified or they just, you know, ripped it off the books uh, saying that, that you can't because it's a disease. I, I don't know. But anyway, he was released. What the hell? Now, while he was in prison, of course, he was interviewed by psychiatrists on multiple occasions. And at first, they did consider him, you know, a psychopath because they believed he had no feelings of compassion or remorse or anything, oh, right? Show none. He revenge killed for his wife. I but, feel like that's but, p- compassion, right? So that's why they were saying uh, that later in the '80s, some a whole b- bunch of other psychiatrists were like, well, "Wait a minute, he does show affection. He showed affection to his mother, showed affection to his lover, um, to his cousin." Um, on and he just basic, not the one he tried to push into a press. Well, they were female, um, and he did kill on their behalf uh, with revenge, but it was because there was some affection to your point, right? Of, yeah. of hers, of them. So they didn't think you know this guy is really that crazy. Um, so the more they talked to him, he said, "Look, I enjoy the thrill of killing criminals. I, you know, I had, and I think they're saying that." He believed his father was a criminal from the get-go. He thought the vice mayor was corrupt. He thought all those things. And again, I don't know what else, what how he saw things, but that's how his life or how he grew up. Um, he did get a tattoo in prison that just says on his arm. I think I don't know if it was down his forearm, and I don't. I think it was in Portuguese. It just said, "I kill for pleasure." 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? So, uh, which is interesting because he it was not like a any type of sexual motivation or anything like that. Like he wasn't he never relived the crimes. It wasn't he wasn't getting right. a high, it, it was, was literally like, like you've done wrong. Yes, I am the I am the judge, jury, and executioner, and I I I'm going to take you out. Um, now, when he was in prison, he actually met his future wife. There, I don't know how this so happened, romantic. but there was a woman who was sentenced for 12 years, and I don't, I don't think they're in the general population, but somehow they met. Maybe they're pen pals or something. And she was serving 12 years for robbery. Um, but she's af- a criminal. After her re- release, she visited him daily until his release. They moved oh, to some tourist. <laughs> they moved to some tourist town and got married. Um, but in September of 2011. He was arrested once again, but it wasn't for murder. He was ar- <laughs> he was arrested for inciting riots oh. and uh, uh, deprivation of liberty. So I don't know if he was, I don't know what that like what he actually did if it and where he did it. But um, he was it was kept secret. Like when he left, it was somehow reporters were trying to track him down, and they had a they found out through like the intelligence agencies oh. and things like that. And then uh, I don't know if he actually changed his name or not, but. He got sentenced to another eight years. Um, a lot of years. In 2018, yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? He killed 47 people and got an additional four years. Yeah. And he incites he, a riot and he gets eight. That's um, okay. He was released in 2018. He is now living free. You know, he's free in the same town with his wife. He has completely apologized to all the victims. I mean, he's he's taken responsibility. He's found Christianity. Um, he's writing his autobiography as well. Um, and he has his own YouTube channel. What? What? Where he gives advice to young people and tries to steer them away from a life of crime. Oh my God. We have to check that out right now. And that's the story. What's the YouTube channel? I, I, look. You didn't look? (laughs) No. Dad. I I was at the, hey, look, I had to write this today. (laughs) But. All I'll say is that um, that that's the story of Killer Petey. I'm pretty sure you could guess what my song is going to be. It's a Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah. Outlaw Petey. Outlaw Petey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Wow. So, never heard that one, huh? No. All right, then. <laughs> I thought I'd heard of, like, Pereira, possibly. Yeah. I think the, I almost used him I, I didn't, I mean, I read about them, but I, I stopped, but yeah. But there you go. Oh my god, that just had so many twists. I have to find this man's YouTube <laughs> immediately. Uh, all right, well, let's get to the fun fact and uh, we'll close this one up. All right. All right. I'm still. Oh, that was a really good story. Um, so I still have those 1,000 interesting fun facts to work <laughs> All right. Uh, so I picked another three. I really should be like marking down where I stop because I feel like I'm going to lose track at some point. <laughs> but, you know, it's fine for now. Um, so this week are three fun facts. First one is that the only letter that doesn't appear on the periodic table is J. I did not know that. Yeah. Fun fact. All right. Uh, the second one is... It's not that great, but I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, one habit of intelligent humans is being easily annoyed by people around them, but saying nothing in order to avoid a meaningless argument. Hmm. Interesting, I guess. And the last one is my favorite. Okay. If a polar bear and a grizzly bear mate, 
their offspring is called a pizzly bear. That's, come on. It's true. I looked it up to confirm. And there are other combinations of animals that include, ready, you're going to tell me what the animals are. Z-donks. Zebra and a donkey. Zorses. Okay, zebra and horses. Wallafins. Whales and dolphins? I think so. Well, I guess there's so many different whales, so it could be. And beefaloes. What? Beefaloes. Beefaloes. A cow and a buffalo? I think so. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm still trying to figure out the other one, the second one about the... Um, Walfins? No, 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 not that. The second Z-donks? fun fact about oh, oh, annoying the... people. Like, again, that's Rick. Did you Rick say white Mike. people? Annoying people. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, my God. I thought you said white people. Whoopsie. Um, but I think that's like... Avo- saying nothing to avoid an just, this argument. Right, but it's that's Rick. He just says... Saying it out loud. There's no filter. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's... These yeah, not bad. If you want to send me your own so I don't have to keep like finding my place in this list and <laughs> keeping tracking it down, uh, please send them to our Gmail, which is everythinginpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have story suggestions or you have something that's happened to you that you want to share with us, please send it there as well. You can also submit it to our website, which is www.everythingpodcast.weebly.com. Um, Check it out. We have other cool stuff there. I don't know what, but, you know, it's fun. Um, We are also on social media. Our Instagram is at everythinginpodcast. Our Twitter is at between underscore podcast. And we have a Facebook group and page, both by the name of Everything In Between Podcast. So check those out. We announce when new episodes come out. You get to see my cool Bob Ross sweater um, (laughs) on those social media platforms. So I feel like that's the best reason to go right now. Definitely. Um, So, yeah, go check that out. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and also I learned recently other platforms, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Whatever you can, it really helps. And, you know, strokes your egos. It's really helpful for us. Um, helps me get up in the morning. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go do that. And then uh, all of our episodes have song titles as the titles. Uh, and we compiled them into a list on Spotify called The Soundtrack In Between. So go check that out. We're going to have a great new Bruce Springsteen edition. Outlaw Pete's one of my favorites, honestly. Um, so go check that one out. Listen to it. I know your Thanksgiving road trip is over. And I know you're sad that you can't listen to it on your road trip. But that's never a fear. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, what's it called? I'll pardon you from not listening to Christmas music if you listen to our Spotify. Uh, and I think that's it. So until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye.